0: morning, and you hardly ever want to stop Maybe everything's too happy, and I ain't gonna blow my heart I don't mind you dancing in the morning, but that's the thing you got to do And when it comes to picking partners, I'll even go as far as you But seven at
1: once, whoa, no, seven at once Whoa,
0: no, seven at once
1: that was the opening music to Goodbye Charlie, released in 1964, uh, and starring...
2: Debbie Reynolds and Tony Curtis.
1: And Pat Boone and Joanna Barnes and Ellen Bernstein and, well, we can't forget Walter Matthau.
2: No, Walter stole the movie. <laughs>
1: yeah. You're listening to Classic Movie Reviews, and you can find us on the internet at www.classicmoviereviews.net or in iTunes, or Facebook, just search for Classic Movie Reviews. And I'm Matt Johnson, and I'm recording from the Seattle area today.
2: And I'm Bob Johnson, recording here in Los Angeles, welcoming all of you back to Classic Movie Reviews.
1: And this month is December, and uh, December is when we are watching movies that are directed by Vincent Minnelli and this is the first one that we've chosen, and this one's actually available on YouTube and the quality's not the best, but it's definitely watchable and uh, that's how we watched it and then we have some other films of his that we'll be watching later this month, uh, leading up to Meet Me in St. Louis which is uh, a Christmas movie that we'll be uh, reviewing I guess next week
2: Probably um, next week, yeah. yeah. And then maybe the week after that, we can do Father of the Bride, which is a hilarious, kind. it's kind of like uh, an event movie, a wedding rather than the holidays, but it works. So a little background on this movie, Goodbye Charlie, it was released in November of uh, 1964, and it looks as though it was kind of a modest success at the box office, not a big success. And twentieth uh, century Fox was the uh, distributor.
1: It's a really odd movie, I gotta say. I mean, it start it's it starts off with this guy Charlie, who's a real philanderer and womanizer, and he ends up getting caught uh, being that way with this guy's wife. And the guy is Sir Leopold Sartori, played by Walter Matthau, and Sir Leopold. Is none too happy about this happening on his cruise ship, and ends up shooting Charlie. And Charlie is uh, lost at sea. He gets shot as he's trying to escape off the boat. And then we kind of cut to a scene when there's like they're having this uh, this wake, and Tony Curtis is playing George Tracy, and George Tracy is Charlie's best friend. And they've they've arranged for what it looks like maybe eighty people to show up at this uh, this wake but, <laughs> but but only four people show up because Charlie is not a very well liked person, and uh, the, the four people are George, his best friend, Charlie's agent because Charlie's a writer in Hollywood, and then these two women that he apparently had a relationship with. and then uh, we both cut...
2: both of whom are married.
1: Both of whom are married, right. And then we, we cut to another scene later that day, and uh, Pat Boone, who plays Bruce Minton Third, shows up at George's door with this strange woman who uh, Bruce found on the side of the road completely naked. And that woman is uh, Charlie Sorrell, who is played by Debbie Reynolds, and we find out that Charlie Sorrell is the reincarnation somehow of Charlie, the the womanizing guy that that was shot and killed. And and then and then it's just it just gets weirder from there.
2: <laughs> it does. The uh, reincarnation of Charlie, as, as played by Debbie Reynolds, tries to use different scams to collect money from some of the women that she uh, says her husband, who is the original Charlie, had had affairs with. So it gets a little complicated. Debbie Reynolds decides she'll play the part of the uh, widowed wife of the murdered Charlie Sorrell to to become a little bit more wealthy. So she's really reincarnated just as the guy was that was shot by uh, the Hungarian film producer, Walter Matthau.
1: Those first scenes when uh, Debbie Reynolds is playing Charlie, kind of before she realizes that she's a she, I guess is the best way to say it, because she comes across as like real masculine and real sort of uh, macho.
0: You're one of Charlie's girls and he, he promised to marry you or borrowed money from you. Well, you're wasting your time because he's not going to marry you or pay back the dough because he's dead.
3: D-E-A-D. Or you could stay the night, have a hot breakfast and... out.
4: Okay, George. I didn't want to hurt you. But you're asking for it. Last Christmas, just three months ago, you were in San Maritz with a model from Harper's, Elsa Underwood. You were crazy about her. You even talked of getting married. But she got a telegram from Dick Avedon and had to rush back to Paris for retakes.
0: Dick
3: Avedon, my foot. That telegram was a phony. She came back to meet some guy, and they were shacked up in some hotel.
4: There it's, George, in a suite overlooking the Place Vendôme. It was me, George. I'm sorry.
3: You dirty rat.
0: I should have known. She was no good, George. And my good friend Charlie Sorrell's gotta be the one to prove it to me, right?
4: Yeah, you were getting serious you about her. I couldn't crap. let you. I did it for you, George. Me? My word of honor. Ah,
0: Charlie Sorrell's word of you honor. You could
4: have been badly hurt, George, and I. That's didn't want enough, to Charlie. Drop your... it! I am now, don't you, George? Now you know why I was screaming. What kind of a weird set-up business? What's going on? George, what am I gonna do? George? George! George! George!
1: She decides that she's going to try out her her feminine side and like really uh, lays it on thick to Bruce Minton and and really sort of gets his I think she says gets his motor running. So she's she's <laughs> sort of like playing the same role, but now from like the female perspective as sort of the the you know going after this rich guy to get to get his money.
2: You, when we when we started today, you said this was rather a strange plot, and having just walk through the beginning of it, I'm already confused.
1: Yeah, it's it's a little confusing, and I think watching it now in 2015 and and thinking about like gender identity and how people some people don't really identify with a gender or they might identify with a gender that's def, different than their sex. Man, this was like this was really describing that because she she goes to that hair salon, that beauty parlor, you know, and yes. she's she's both checking out the guys there and the, the women, and there's that one scene where she slaps that one woman on the, the behind. Yes. <laughs> and, and she was so uh, just not, I wouldn't say she was confused, but she was just sort of like, hey, everybody here looks good to me. <laughs> yeah, that's right.
2: I uh I was just reading about the uh or, or the original version of this was a stage play uh that didn't do very well it starred Lauren Bacall it was a stage play in 1959 That had to be really confusing if you went to that
1: It it has a stage play feel to it I think the first 30 minutes of the movie are all set in the living room of Charlie's house Yes where they have the wake and then they have this uh, interaction between George and and the female Charlie, and then Charlie and Bruce Minton, and and it, it just felt like very much like the st- uh, sets on a stage play. So Charlie Sorrell, the 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 character played by Debbie Reynolds, kind of goes down this path of blackmailing these women to get money because she knows all the things that char the, the male Charlie did with them.
4: Oh my goodness. If you can't help me with cash, maybe you could give me some advice. Oh, all you want. Like a shot, sweetie, like oh, a please, shot. Oh, that word. Oh, sorry. Uh, I'll have to fall back on my one other asset. Charlie's diary. It would make the most marvelous series of newspaper a magazine articles. Hollywood Bachelor by his wife. Or Midnight at Malibu. Charlie kept a diary. Writers. Day by day. And sometimes when he was rushed, hour by hour. But you know, with all this publicity going on right now, I think it would bring a terrific price. Thank you. Now, uh, who do you think would be the best agent for that kind of a deal? Or perhaps you could ask your husband. Uh, there's one entry that would make a play or a movie all by itself. It's about uh, a weekend in San Francisco, a wild night in a tattoo parlor of all places. And uh, about the time he and a certain young lady were locked up overnight in Disneyland. Apparently, to Charlie, nothing was sacred. Think of it. Disneyland. <sighs>
0: Are you trying to tell me that you sold a story? hmm To whom?
4: Oh, a couple of independents. Uh, nobody you'd know. You've been away so long. Well, that's great, Charlie. The down payment was ten grand. Mm. There'll be a lot more. Oh, a lot more. I'm doing it as a posthumous memoir of Charlie Sorrell.
0: Well, that's terrific, Charlie. You ought to do it in the
1: form of a diary.
4: George, that's genius! A diary. Why can't I ever think of things like that?
1: And so these women are giving her money to try to shut her up, and then George finds out about that and is so uh, upset because it's just like so obvious that that she slash he is not a good person, and he uh, he threatens to move back to Paris because that's where he'd been living before he came back for the funeral oh and so then there's this scene where uh, Debbie Reynolds starts crying and like trying to get George to feel sorry for her and I thought again I thought that she was probably just acting to see if being this weak sobbing person would get George to to uh, feel sorry for her and he does and then they start sort of holding each other and then George freaks out because he realizes that
4: George please How sorry can I get?
1: You don't need me,
3: Charlie.
4: I do! George, will you give me a chance? I was a fink and a hustler for 36 years and now suddenly I'm an ingenue. But this is only my first day. I don't know how to handle it. So I reverted the type and I did something lousy. I know it. I admit it.
3: Okay, Charlie. I guess it was only natural.
4: George. If you go, I'll panic.
3: Not you, Charlie. Not you.
4: I'm not Charlie. I'm. I'm whatever this is—a throwback, a a werewolf, something from the deep lagoon—and I'm scared. I'm scared, George. But at least this way, with, with us, I, I can talk to you. Let alone, I'll, I'll fly apart.
0: Oh, no.
4: Oh, no, not that.
0: There.
4: There. Sorry.
0: That, that's all
4: right. There. No, look at me. I, I hate girls that cry. That's all
0: right, you now,
4: You'll
0: it out. Feel
4: better. Oh, I, I'll be a g- good girl. Of
0: course.
4: I yes. promise. I know. No. I won't do anything bad. Yes. No. Yes. No. I'll get a job as a waitress. oh, a maid.
0: No, don't worry.
4: I'll take care. Oh, George. Oh, thank you. Yes. Feel better? Huh? I'd like
0: to blow my nose. No, You see? Now everything's going to be all hungry.
4: Right.
0: practically necking it was
4: nice
0: you and me that's nice
4: i felt so secure wanted
0: wanted
4: well i can't help it if i'm feminine can i i need affection i don't know what's gotten into you george you're always getting hung up on small helpless girls well here i am
1: they were almost necking i think he said (laughs) yes some of the wording was a little dated yeah and uh and Charlie says, well, it was nice, though. I felt secure and safe. And jo- the look on George's face, J- Tony Curtis did a great job in this movie because he does a—he really plays it off like he's so confused. Like, is this my best friend, Charlie, who was a guy who I womanized with and we did all these crazy things together? Or is this Charlie, this woman who I'm sort of attracted to? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I doubt that this
2: would would come across very well in the current uh, uh, time as a, as a movie. It, it's so I don't think it holds up too well. Bringing it forward to twenty fifteen. No, I,
1: I don't see how they could remake this, or or like somebody watching it today would go like, "Wow, this seems like a real modern movie," because it, <laughs> <laughs> it, it right. really doesn't. <laughs> Only if they'd been in the time capsule.
2: <laughs> so uh,
1: and then. And then there's this whole subplot where uh, Sir Leopold Satori has the hots for Debbie Reynolds' character, uh, Charlie. Even though they're playing it off as if Debbie Reynolds' character is uh, Charlie's wife, you know, the guy that got shot by Sir Leopold Satori. But <laughs> remember that scene when they, when Sir Leopold had been released from prison, and. Yeah there's the three of them there was George and Charlie and then uh, Sir Leopold and George says yes and introduces Debbie Reynolds and he says yes this is uh, Charlie Sorrell's uh, widow
3: Um, may I present our host my house and I are yours to command Leopold Sartori Sir
4: Leopold
3: Sartori they insisted The Queen, such a lovely woman. George, you are not going to introduce us properly? Uh, Of course, Uh, I'd like to present uh, Mrs. Charles Sorel. Mrs. Charles Sorel? You are the wife of Charles? Widow? If I were not Hungarian by birth, I would be speechless. What a scene! The best friend, the widow, the killer. George, why don't you go somewhere and write it? My dear, if I could undo the wrong I have done you, if I could bring Charlie back now, tonight, I wouldn't. That is the greatest compliment I have ever paid a woman. George, I cannot allow you to pass up the dramatic opportunity of a lifetime. Go into my private library. There you'll find paper, typewriter, everything you need. Lock yourself in. Go, write. My dear, you are exquisite. Like the fragile beauty of an early Mozart quartet. Like the fire and depth of an El Greco. Like the cool perfection of a Cellini. You're still here? Like a mountain carved by Guts and Boglum.
4: Are you seriously making a play for me?
3: In a word, yes. But don't let me rush you. We will discuss it later after dinner. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was a funny he was, line. He was—he stole every scene that he was in in this movie.
1: What was that? What was that accent he was doing? It reminded me of uh, like Bella Lugosi or something like that. I
2: don't know. I tell you, uh, just a just a, a sidebar on on uh, how good how good Walter Matthau is. He played everything from a detective to a murderer to comedy. I mean, he uh, he was even in westerns. I don't think there was any kind of role he couldn't play.
1: And what was he was in a TV show that was a long-running TV show too, wasn't he? Um, uh, the uh, that was uh, the, the Odd Couple or something. Well, he was in that
2: movie, but he wasn't in the TV show for that.
1: Oh, um, right. Okay, he was in the movie. That's he right. was in the movie. Yeah, he he, he was and Jack Lemmon. Yeah, he was great in this movie, though. Man, really funny, really, really odd, like just just strange. And he would say strange things, like he was. He'd give this big speech about how it was so great to be out of prison and then somebody says, well, how long was he in prison for? And then somebody says, 45
2: minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Poor devil, I swear.
1: And then there was another scene later when George wants to try to smuggle Debbie Reynolds' character Charlie out of the country because uh, there's a detective who's sort of like looking into this whole situation and I think George feels like Charlie is going to get caught somehow and uh it, it was it, another really dated thing was that uh george wanted to get debbie reynolds's character charlie to switzerland so that she could go through a sex change operation to become a guy again
2: <laughs> i know he was out trying to raise money for that it was, uh,
1: it was so weird that was a weird was... little subplot too but there was a scene where uh sir leopold was going to help george like uh, smuggle charlie out of the country and he he, he gets on the phone and calls up his captain of his yacht and then, uh, gets on the phone again and, and orders, uh, a speed boat to be meeting them at the dock. And then, uh, and then George is so grateful for all this help. And, And then he leaves, uh, Sir Leopold's office and then the cleaning guy comes in and, and, uh, Sir Leopold is on the phone again, but it, looked, it then we find out that the phone wasn't even hooked up to the wall. He was just making all that up the whole time. <laughs> he wasn't going to help him at all. That was funny. Oh, he was quite an actor. Yeah. So, I mean, it, there's <clears throat> some really funny scenes, but the, the whole movie, I, the whole time I was just going, what is this movie even about? Like, I'm so confused. And and what am I supposed to be thinking about this uh, this Charlie character? You know, it's bizarre. And then and then we get to the very end of the movie and and uh, the Debbie Reynolds's character ends up getting shot again, but by this this time it's by Sir Leopold's wife uh, and then it's like the next scene after that is that there's another woman that walks into the house and it's also she's also played by Debbie Reynolds and has a dog named Charlie. And then this new character is Virginia Mason. And Virginia Mason and George Tracy kind of fall in love. And I was like, what is going What is going on? I'm so freaking confused by this time in the movie. I don't even know what to think.
2: And the big dog, which was a huge, I don't know what kind of dog, Dalmatian or something like that?
1: I was, it was bigger than that. I was, and he
2: was going around, the dog was going around the house like it recognized everything. It even tried to get something out of the bookcase. Uh, and and dropped it on the floor and I'm like wow so Charlie is now reincarnated as a as a big dog
1: yeah yeah so now Charlie is this this gigantic dog Uh, but I I couldn't figure out why Virginia Mason uh, was also Debbie Reynolds you know like exactly looked exactly like the Charlie Sorrell female character that was confusing
2: We'll, ne- we'll never quite know the answer to some of these questions.
1: Yeah, I don't think there's a way to answer some of these questions because I don't think there is uh, an answer. I
2: remember when this came out in the uh, advertisements for it in 1964, and when I and they'd have a few previews, even in the early days of television like that, and I thought, boy, there's no way I'm going to go see this movie. I don't understand what's going on, even in the previews.
1: Yeah, it's 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 weird because it's got some great stars in it. I mean, Tony Curtis and Debbie Reynolds and Pat Boone and Walter Matthau. And then even some of the supporting characters were, were, were oh, well acted yeah. and played. And, and, and the, the scenes, like if you just take a scene, like that scene in the hair salon, you know, beauty parlor was a beautiful set. I mean, the set was huge. It looked like, it was an entire floor of a department store was this beauty parlor. And and the acting was great. I mean because uh, Debbie Reynolds' character wants to really stick it to these these two women that he was having an affair with in his former life. Not quite sure why he wanted to really stick it to him. I guess his idea was that he could blackmail them. He yeah, she could he blackmail was them for money
2: cuz I know he was strapped for funds. He was in debt up to his eyeballs, and he had like two or three mortgages on his house. Yeah, he was a mess.
1: Yeah, so that scene was great. I mean, everything about that scene I liked. But 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 then you overlay that with okay, now she's really a he, and he's doing this, and it and then it just got really odd. You know, when I started thinking about the the story <laughs> like that. Well, you know, the,
2: the you mentioned the. the uh, it's a quality production in terms of who was involved. Even the music was done by Andre Previn, uh, and and so they spent a lot of money on it. I was looking; their budget was like three and a half million dollars fifty years ago. That was a lot of money. Yeah, and it's like a series of vignettes.
1: Exactly, wow. that's a good way to describe it. Like the, the writing was well done as well. I mean, they, there was like to- Tony Curtis had a lot of great like deadpan one-liners yes. and and just really. Great, you know, facial expressions and the, the directing was was really well done. Um, I I almost wonder, just made it more of a straight up movie and not so convoluted. If it wouldn't have been more enjoyable, you know.
2: I don't know. It, it's it's a kind of a hodgepodge. Um, oh, just one other aside: the the uh, police inspector Roger Carmel mm-hmm. was excellent as well. Yeah, he he was. He never let on what he was up to. He was kinda of like an early day Columbo.
1: Yeah. And and he was so like uh obtuse about about what he was doing at the at George's house and <laughs> he says
0: last night you went to the Sartori party you and Mrs. Sorrell.
3: That's right. Mm.
0: The widow and the best friend socializing with the murderer? Uh that's your business (laughs) that's very interesting (laughs) mr tracy do you mind if i take a look around
3: not at all why should i mind you should i don't thank you well thanks very much that's all I'll take that drink now, Mr. Tracy, if it's still available.
1: You mean now you're off duty?
3: No, now I'm thirsty.
1: <laughs> Do you mind if I look around and George is like, sure, look around. He stands up, tilt, you know, cranes his head one way or the other, looks around then sits back down and says, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> you
2: know, I know. Uh, I have to say, I, I, give, I give the movie one rating. I give Walter Matthau a separate rating as Sir Leopold Sartori. I tell you. I I gave the movie a five out of ten, and I'd give Walter Matthau an eight out of ten for playing the Hungarian film producer.
1: <laughs> yeah, he was awesome. It's, it's
2: just great. He stole the show for me.
1: Yeah, I have to. I'd give the movie an overall five. I guess it's it's just it's just not that great. But I think that certain parts of it were really good. Like certain parts of it, I'd give it an eight. Like Walter Matthau or debbie reynolds when she first is sort of inhabiting her body as a as a female was was really really cool and and well acted and i even thought pat boone when you know when they later in the movie when pat boone has asked uh, debbie reynolds to marry him and they go down to that wine cellar and they start talking about you know they're you know when they're growing up and he he he, he basically says that I've had a lot of things in my life. I just haven't done very much. <laughs>
4: what is that? Oh, that's so <laughs> funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, How old were you then? <laughs>
0: hey. So I said, I said, Mother, why must you always go too far? It's so simple. All I want is an orange stand like like the other kids, so I can make my own pocket money. (laughs) Well, mother threw herself into that project with the usual bounce. She got her decorator back from Europe to design an orange aid stand with a Venetian motif.
4: I can't stand
0: it! (laughs) She got the sauce cooked up from the ranch to chill and squeeze the oranges and put the Venetian orange stand up against the iron gates of the estate. I wasn't allowed off the grounds, you know, so then a customer would drive up and uh, and I would stand behind the gate and and reach through and pour the juice into the glass.
4: You must have cleaned up.
0: Well, I, I think I grossed about 65 cents. The overhead came to <laughs> well, it must have been
4: wonderful to grow up that way with everything.
1: Sure, must have been. I've always had everything. I never did anything. And I thought that was a really kind of heartfelt scene, and I felt bad for him at that point. Like, he's, he's had everything that he's ever wanted. It's just that he's never experienced anything on his own you know and i just kind of felt bad for him at that point
2: it was his uh effort to try to break out of the uh, singer mode that he was in in the late 50s and early 60s where all his movies required him to be singing
1: yeah he did a good job i thought he was i thought so too he was enjoyable to watch so yeah this was a this was a weird movie and uh not not something that i would highly recommend but if you're In the mood to just see something strange and different, I think this fits the bill.
2: I would agree with that. Now, it's also kind of going to be quite different from the uh, next movies that we do that Vincent Minnelli directed, like Meet Me in St. Louis and If We Do Father of the Bride. Those are really excellent films, and I, and I, I know our listeners will enjoy watching either one of those.
1: Yeah, and I, and I don't even think like I think Vincent Manelli as a director did a good job. I just think that when you put all the pieces together it's it's just weird. it's just it doesn't like hold together and there's just way too many like huge plot holes and and things that they don't ever explain or make and that don't make sense and, and not in a good way like I'm all about leaving things to your imagination but not in a way that you're just like well, that was dumb you know that just made absolutely no sense.
2: I was just reading. The the original play that came out on Broadway in 1959 was only a modest success. It it had 109 performances, which isn't that long a run. So maybe the audiences that saw it in the uh, on Broadway felt the same way that you and I did. Like, wow, this is really an odd movie
3: yeah.
2: or a, a play. I mean, so. yeah. Hmm. Well,
1: um, they can't all be eights and nines and tens, right?
2: That's true, we've had, well, we're trying to get a wider distribution and sample set, as they say, and this would uh, add to that.
1: This would fit the bill for that as well. So, anyway, I think next week's movie will be better. It's Meet Me in St. Louis, and that's going to be a fun one, and it has a lot of musical uh, numbers that I've heard are really good. They really are. Judy Garland is
2: magnificent in in the movie.
1: Yeah, all right, well. Thanks for listening, everybody. And until next week, this is Matt Johnson coming to you from Seattle.
2: And Bob Johnson in Los Angeles, wishing all of you great movie watching.